Hello everybody, this is RuPaul on Slasher Drag Race. Up next we have Fred Krueger. Hey, it's really good to be here. Oh, nice sweater. Bing Crosby wants it back by Christmas. <laughs> My grandmother knitted this for me. Well, your grandmother needs to stop giving you the sweaters that she wears herself. And now I've got my friend Michelle Visage to talk to you as well. Girl, slashers are so 1985. We need to, like, update your look. I'm thinking maybe something more like artisanal baker? I'm, I'm really, no, I, I think it's really hard to make a lot of outfits work when you have combination skin like I do. Ha! <laughs> oh, you just need 10 pounds of plaster. Rue can help you with that. Uh, you, you guys, I'm really self-conscious about it, the whole burn thing, if you don't, yeah. That'd, it'd be good if you just. But anyways, this is this is constructive. This is constructive. I I, I will listen. I'll listen. Well, I mean, listen. Like you, right, I, the other thing is, guys, we have to acknowledge he kind of has a dicey past. This Fred guy. So you kind of want to hide that with as many layers as you can. But he's got a great body. We really need to show that off. I'm thinking, Thanks. go with like the artisanal baker thing. Maybe like some sort of like just like dumpling little you know cover up for down there and nothing else. I, I appreciate. I used to be a swimmer actually uh, back in the day. I was you know, real oh. successful at that. Yeah. Oh my. Well, uh, why don't you uh, why don't you give us a little walk here on the catwalk? All right. I just always oh, always cut myself with my hands. I just like oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Girl, stalking, own stalking, it. Work stalking, it. stalking, stalking, turn, oh. flick oh, the knives. No. Stalking, no. stalking, oh stalking, stalking, stalking. Um, um, uh, uh, quick suggestion here. Um, uh, can we lose <clears throat> the knives? It's a little scary. It's it's kind of what I'm going for. It's my, my it's it's my uh, signature, uh, my trademark. You know. Uh, oh man, the scars really do go from kisser to keister, don't they? Listen, I don't remember. Well, you know, uh, oh, I, I don't remember Naomi Campbell ever ever pointing a gun at the people watching her on the runway. So I'm just saying, it's a little much. Well, no, but I mean it's something that was definitely in her wheelhouse. I mean, off the stage, sure. I'll give it. I'll give that to you. Right. So I'm thinking like I, I like the sweater myself. I mean, I really it's it's got some sentimental value. I'm not married to the hat. I don't know what you guys think about the hat. Um, oh no, no, no! You definitely need to go for like a full blown wig. We need to fem you up, draw attention away from the scars and towards that swimmer's body. Okay, I, I I get that. What do you? I, I've got these orthopedic boots. Do you think they should go? Maybe the the brown pants might be need to be changed out too. I was thinking maybe something in a patent leather and uh, you know, maybe like a Doc Martin type. If you got six inch heels, you can wear whatever you want. <laughs> uh, that's good note. Yeah, and, good note. And and, and listen, Freddie. We just want to say. Can I call you Freddie? Oh, everybody does. Oh, okay. Well, Freddie, we just want to say, too, um, the three of us, I think we can all agree that we're very impressed that you came here with ideas. Um, you know, maybe they're not great, but you came here with ideas, and we're, and we're, we're really happy about that. Listen, bitch, I've been working my ass off for this for, the, for a long time. I'm not going to take any crap from you about you and your, you would talk to me about how I'm not uh, bringing it or uh, I just have fun ideas. You know what? I, I've sliced up much bigger guys than you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Silence. I've come to a decision. I don't know, girl. That library is open. <laughs> Fred Krueger, sachet away. In your dreams. Welcome to Age of Radio, bitch. That's when I'm on to
Welcome to another episode of What Were They Thinking? Uh, I'm Brendan. I'm Nathan. And this is a podcast where we talk about bad movies, or at least highly suspect. I think this one actually kind of counts as bad, but not for the reasons it gets counted as bad. Well, Nathan, this is a special week because we are continuing... Uh, I don't know, Mocktober, because it's named after movies that we make fun of. That's the theme this week. This oh, month. look at you with your <laughs> wordplay. <laughs> They're all movies that are bad. Ooh, we can do <laughs> themes too, <laughs> Steve and Izzy, um, wherever you are. <gasps> Got him. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's not your turn yet. Oh. Uh, but yes, Nathan, you chose the movie for us this week, and what have you bestowed upon us? I have, uh, as you may have gleaned from the uh, the opening um, bit, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Um, I recently saw the documentary on uh, Shudder, um, Scream Queen, uh, My Nightmare on Elm Street, which is all about the, the poor chap who played Jesse in this movie and the absolute career shit-kicking he took because of this movie. Um, and it's been a while since I'd seen it. It's been a while. Nathan seen Nightmare Part 2. Yeah, I, I, I've got them all on Blu-ray, but I usually avoid this one um, just simply because there's a lot of weird stuff going on here, and I just don't mean in the, like, sexual sense, but, like, the, the you know, the whole Freddy actually not being in dreams for a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie, which was, you know, it was a huge departure from the first one and just about every other one except for Freddy vs. Jason. Well, now I will let them out of podcast guest jail because we do have returning <laughs> guests here uh, to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, making their 76th appearance, <laughs> Steve and Izzy of Everything <laughs> I Learned From Movies. Welcome. Seems like a low number. Hey, everybody. Um, I've been in sh- podcast jail for so long. <laughs> What is this place? Why are the lights so bright? <laughs> what is freedom? I don't know how to live on the outside anymore. I have to go back. Woman, get a hold of yourself. <laughs> Thank you for having us, gentlemen. The budget for this movie was relatively low. Um, does anyone want to guess what they might have put into this for the budget? Oh, gosh. I will. $7 and a 40 pack. <sighs> uh, two mil. Not enough to get Wes Craven. That's. <laughs> I love the variety of guesses here. Um, <laughs> the answer is three million dollars on the budget. Damn it. Huh? This thing. I think you won prices right, rules. Yeah. But what do you think this thing? Uh, this thing made. Well, they made a third one, so I'm <laughs> guessing at least six. Okay. Uh, twenty-five. Three dump trucks of cocaine. <laughs> so about twenty-five. Thirty million dollars. <laughs> We s- oh, 10 shit. times the budget. So, yeah, this would be why we've gotten, like, what, six, seven, eight Nightmare movies at this point? Uh, Freddy vs. Jason and the remake. We have nine, <laughs> nine Freddy Krueger movies. Wow. Nice. And if you count Adventures of Ford Fairlane, ten. <laughs> Anything starring Robert Englund is is all is automatically a, in nightmare canon, eh? So hilariously, this is uh, the third Robert Englund movie we've covered on this show, or, or third movie that he's been in that we've covered on this show, mm-hmm. and it's the first time we've talked about a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So. 
<laughs> Somehow we've covered the Robert England non Freddy Krueger films before this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, Stephen Izzy, what is your uh, history with this franchise? Have you seen the other ones? Have you seen the first one? Yeah, I think we, we watched the first four or five one time when they were all streaming on Amazon Prime, and yeah, we, this one's definitely the least memorable, I think. Yeah, we were also <laughs> drinking heavily when we did that. Yeah, we there yeah. were yeah there were like four or five of them on Netflix at one point. We pulled out our you know twenty four pack and. Uh, Hit play. Oh, we call that a flat in Canada, actually. Ooh. Yeah, it's a flat so, all right, well, I went in, I, I drunk a flat in my flat. <laughs> Some sort of tea sipping limeys here? Oh, you don't sip a limey, you chug it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we can come to at least uh, a baseline consensus here is that the first movie is a fairly well-made horror film. Yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Oh, great, yeah. great premise, Easily, great everything. Yeah. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say my favorite horror movie. Wow. I've oh, wow. seen it Wait, the most. More than Pumpkinhead? Um, just slightly. I've seen, <gasps> I have seen Nightmare. Even with that weird ending? Actually, I'll tell you this. Yes, even with the weird ending, the reason why Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite horror movie is because it is the movie that started it all for me. As he a, got his first blowjob. A wee seven-year-old watching oh, Nightmare no. on Elm Street. Oh, no. Nathan said how old he was. I don't like this story anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting weird. Yeah. First time I saw Nightmare on Elm Street, I was seven years old. Nice. Haven't looked back. I think I was close to that age when I saw the third, fourth one. Because what? I saw the oh. fourth one before any of the other ones. And Dream I was... Warriors? What? What? <laughs> The fourth one isn't that the the Dream Warriors? Like nope, the that's the Dream that Master. The Dream Warriors Dream is Master. number three. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I honestly I don't remember. I just remember the big spider thing, um, and that gave me uh, nightmares for like a month. Oh, where the girl turns into the roach, and yeah. like she because she's doing weights, and he breaks her arms, and they turn into like roach arms. Yep. And then he crushes her in a roach motel. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was my nightmare for like a long time after I saw that movie. <laughs> Um, but this is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, 1985. It comes out the year after the first one. Yeah, be- um, well, because the first one was a sleeper hit. Really, like, rushed this thing into production as soon as the, like you said, as soon as the first one made it big. Um, yeah. So, Nathan, real real quick, what's this movie about? Um, well, it's, it's, it's about, what, an hour and a half that we're not getting back. Um, a boy named uh, Jesse uh, moves into Nancy Thompson's house. Uh, that would be the uh, the heroine from the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Apparently, five years later, despite the fact this movie's coming out a year after the first one came out, um, he's uh, the new kid in town, uh, and um, for some reason, uh, you know, his their their moving back into this house has stirred the spirit of Freddy Krueger, um, who decides that he is going to take over the body of, uh, of young Jesse uh, so uh, he can do some killing, uh, and uh, mayhem ensues. <laughs> and you mentioned it earlier, um, this is such a departure for the character of Freddy Krueger. Like, this it's, is it's a so weird... Much- there's tons of stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, first of all, you get the the fact that the um, the main character is a guy, 
mm-hmm. which you don't normally get a lot of in horror movies because it's usually a final girl, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, Freddy is not actually killing anybody in their dreams. He is uh, he's taking over Jesse's body and. I don't know, xenomorphing himself out of Jesse's chest, but then Jesse's fine later. I don't, see the the, yeah. the dream physics or the physics of the stuff that happens in this movie is not very clear. Not I f- even close. I really <laughs> wish they could have been like this. All the stuff that we see with the with Freddy taking over and bursting out of his chest is actually in Jesse's dreams, and all the stuff, all the killing that's going on. As Jesse uh, is killing people, is done in like a, a sleepwalking state. Yeah, and and the thing is about this movie is, it's it's such a deviation, and I don't understand it either because like the first one has such a simple basic premise. There's a there's a crazy killer. Yep. He was he was murdered years ago. Now he you know can kill people in their dreams. Figure it out. The, there's the movie. Like, that's yep. all you need. And there's very basic rules. Don't fall asleep. If you're awake, nothing can hurt you, obviously. You can bring stuff out of the dream, which is introduced later, but it's not just random shit thrown at you, and they're like, oh, yeah, he can do that, too. Why not? But um, they op- did you open with one of the weirdest, like, title cards? Because they have, like, three different fonts going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 80s, man. Yeah. It's like the nightmare on Elm Street, like fire like flame credit and then like underneath in in regular uh you know the regular uh font it's like um freddy's revenge no it well it's just part two and then freddy's revenge comes on in like these big block like blue gray letters yeah (laughs) it's like the terminator but it's like freddy's revenge yeah (laughs) feels a little bit like a tv movie um (laughs) but we start off on a bus Mm mm-hmm and uh well, yeah. Tell us, tell us about the bus, Nathan. Well, the bus uh, is um, is is driven by uh, Robert Englund, sans Freddie makeup. Um, we've got a bunch of kids who are on there, and he's stopping to let them off until we get down to, you know, just a couple of girls and uh, Jesse looking like um, some uh, to catch a predator guest. Because he does not look like this through the rest of the movie, but they got him looking like just some greasy skeevy creep at the back of the bus um and then um actually my note was jesse here looking all criminal minds and shit because he looks like one of the (laughs) you look like a killer from criminal minds um but he is not the killer uh because we find out that uh freddie is now driving the bus and he goes all thelma and louise with these kids drives them off a cliff gets them stuck on a um i don't know a like a precipice or whatever uh the bus is just precariously balancing there get you know what i'm saying babe and I know what you're uh, saying, babe. all right oh, cool babe mm. oh no he came back mm. <laughs> he followed so, us from last week <laughs> so uh, uh we find it, freddy reveals us freddy and of course he raises the glove to, to slash and uh kill uh the kids on the bus and then we cut to a tomato oh yeah right i do um i do want to say right away i think this opening scene is actually pretty good the way it's shot Mm -hmm. like the 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 effects and everything like it's not bad it's because because the way they're doing it they get like a they get a gamma bus uh (laughs) because when it's teetering there you can tell it's super fake yeah 
Um, but at this point, as you're watching it, you're like, oh, okay, so he's doing this in dreams again. All right, I'm on board. Let's let's move forward. And Freddie's going to stalk these teens in their dreams. I was expecting to see the two girls um, in the ensuing scenes with Jesse, nope. uh, but we never see those girls again. Nope. Unless they were some of the folks who were just like at the party later, I don't know, but I don't, I don't remember seeing them thought, again later. I, I thought that was weird, and I also, like you said, I didn't recognize that it was him. So like, right after that, when the guy wakes up from his dream, I'm like, oh, that was also Jesse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird. Now he's just dripping with sweat, and like like he's been hosed down. <laughs> I do like um, this. Does lead into one of my favorite lines is that. Right after the dream, you hear him like screaming upstairs, like waking up, and his oh, yeah. younger sister just says, "Why can't Jesse wake up like everyone else?" <laughs> okay, let's talk about his scream first off. It is, it's one of those like when you hear it downstairs, it's like, ah, yeah, it's very it's Ned like, Flanders. Well, yeah, yeah, very ah! Ned Flanders. And I'm like, wait, was that him? Yeah. Dreams. Ah! <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind talking about the uh, the delicious cereal that the sister was eating. Did anybody notice that? Oh, the name yeah. of the cereal, the Fu Manchus. Oh, yes. Uh, and it was like he was like green faced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it looked like the it looked like Christopher Lee from the Castle of Fu Manchu, but all painted like green and orange and stuff for the for the box art. Well, yeah. and then do you, she was digging around, and they're looking for her Fu Manchus. They the really fingers. pushed that point in. Yeah, the, gotta get the... your fingers. <laughs> gotta get your Coke fingers. But we don't we don't spend a lot of time there because then it cuts to. Uh, oh, before we do that, did anybody notice who the dad was? Oh yeah, Clue Gulliger. Cool, Clue Gulliger. Yeah, from <laughs> uh, what's what's the one that I know? I know him mostly from Return of the Living Dead. Yes, that's. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Kluger. Did you see the? Fun, I, I don't want to go back to to the, the opening <laughs> too long, but did you did you see the fun little pun of the the sticker um, up by the shifter on the bus? No, it was for body glove. Oh no, I missed that. <laughs> I missed that little. There, there, hey, there's a there's a production des- designer on that set that's like, you know what? I'm gonna do a good job. That production. I'm not gonna lie. The production designer on this movie was top notch because the rooms uh, uh man the the the, the jesse's room jesse's uh, room <laughs> i could i wish I, it was jesse's room i couldn't hold it in any longer every time someone said jesse i just wanted to come out and i, I, had, to, I had to well be. i'll tell you this i wish i had jesse's girl because but she was cute like cute that? cute uh so grady guys, grady's room was pretty spot on what's that i thought that song until like I don't know, five years ago, said, I wish I was Jesse's girl. I was with a guy who had a crush on his best friend and couldn't tell him. I am right there with you, Izzy, for the longest time. I also thought that was those were the lyrics. And you had never seen this movie before? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right? so anyway, they go to, Jesse goes to school, and this is like an uh, his gym class or whatever. And yeah. it is like an, it is like... Um, a wrongful death suit waiting to happen. Because now, was it was it gym class or were they on the were they on the softball team? Well, I don't know because there was like archery right beside the softball. 
Okay. Yeah, <laughs> was, I, I, I think it was a that, class because, let's face it, Jesse isn't a natural athlete, it appears. No. And, I mean, Coach Marshall Bell, he's uh, he's got some minors, <laughs> I think. Like, he's... But it, it, it does – I understand that, like, in gym class, like, you know, some people are doing this, some people are doing that, and whatever. But it all looks very close together. And I'm like, someone's going to get never, shot in the head with an arrow. <laughs> I never got that. When when I did uh, when I did phys ed in high school, it was like we did a, we did a chapter on archery, and we were the only ones there doing archery. Archery. When we did softball, we were the only ones out on the field doing softball. That's why I thought this was like an after-school thing. The archery team was training over here, and the softball team was training over there. I just don't. I don't think there was enough separation. <laughs> Got to separate. See, this is how my my school field looked. Was like there would usually be three PE classes going on at the same time, three different teachers, and yeah, like it's like we're playing soccer, but only playing half field because yeah, they're gonna be doing like ring toss or archery or some oh, bullshit okay. yeah, all it takes is like one stray liner and then hits an archer and then somebody gets shot before we push on too far springwood which is where this is taking place because that it's oh. it's a fictional town but is not is it not supposed to be in like illinois isn't that springfield i well no i thought that spring Sp- springwood uh, was a town like it was in the Midwest? Yeah, yeah, I think it was like a Midwest town, like Illinois. Yeah, it's super duper California oh. in this movie. Yeah, so, lockers outside, which would never happen in the Midwest. No, not the Midwest. <laughs> we didn't even have lockers. They ripped that yeah. shit out when they were showing the exteriors of like the front of the school where yeah it said Springwood. Whatever. I'm like. What other movies have I seen this in? Was this was this school from Tokyo Drift? <laughs> Could very well have been. Fast I do times know that, uh, at Freddy High. Although I'm I'm not <laughs> totally sure because I know in the first movie there is a scene where Nancy and Glenn are talking on like the uh, the bridges and it's it's actually a pretty uh, big I don't know like scenic or touristy landmark in uh, in Southern California like it's in maybe it's in LA I'm not positive but yeah so like yeah it's supposed to be the Midwest but they do a poor job of making it look like the Midwest I also enjoyed the uh, the uh, how often people called the house because in the background it would often say call Rhonda or Zach called Zach called yeah <laughs> yeah we were noticing that too I, it was like oh that must be like a I don't know producer's kid or something yeah so um softball fight yes yeah. let's get back so, on track so softball <laughs> fight yeah and in this scene we quickly learn um this is the film's first overt reference to um a, a gay character and it's the coach that they allude to enjoying younger gentlemen and of course as our mm. first gay character in a film in 1985 he's also like a horrible deviant who like possibly is committing statutory rape but he's played by one of the sweetest gentlemen you'll ever meet, Marshall Bell. We had the pleasure of interviewing yes. him over on Everything I Learned from Movies. My God, he is just what a amazing. What a shit plugger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I'm sure he is a fine individual, but this character that they give him to play is a real... Is, ooh, it's, it's yikes. They I even can only allude even, to him going to those bars, quote-unquote, downtown. Yeah. And it's fine that they're showing this, like, you know, this alternative lifestyle. That's cool. That's 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 awesome. But, like, the fact that they're like, this is our this is our first, like, gay character, and it's this character. Like, it's it's a... Can you imagine, like, poor Mark Patton, like, being Dude, in the closet on Dude, it was 1985. Brandon, I gotta tell you, pal, I, I, I was... 
I was seven <laughs> at the time, and uh, even even now I can still remember just this sort of thing being absolutely commonplace and prevalent. You did not get gay heroes. I, I'm not saying it wasn't commonplace. I'm just saying mm. it's horrible. <laughs> And I'm saying that, like, for for someone like Mark Patton, someone who's, like, you know, in the closet at this time because it the AIDS outbreak was, like, just... Just getting, starting. Like, yeah, getting, just like, starting. really getting a lot of attention, yeah. And and for him to have to... Oh, it's just... It's a, it's a rough... It's a rough uh, situation all around. But anyway, yeah, they get... He gets into a fight with Grady, um, one of his classmates, and then the, the coach makes them do push-ups for a long, long time. Now, were they doing push-ups or were they doing planks? Yeah, yeah, that's the question we had too, because yeah. they were just kind of planking, but then they'd like occasionally just like move up and down, and I'm like, but that All that right, happens one. when you're trying to do planks, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the idea maybe was that they didn't actually want to do push-ups, and that they only made it look like they were doing them hmm. when the, when they thought that the coach was watching or something. I'm not sure. Now at this point, Jesse kind of gets the gets like a Coles notes history of his house, doesn't he? It's yeah. in the locker room. Yeah, when they're yeah. showering, yeah. like, oh, dude, you moved into that White House with the bars on the windows? Oh, man, that, that place is crazy. boyfriend get murdered across the street, and she dude. watched the whole thing. Dude, Johnny Depp got murdered across the bro. street, like, five years ago, dude. Dude, bro, bro, dude. <laughs> bro. bro. Dude, bro. Bro, dude. Guy, dude, bro. Bro, dude. <laughs> Buddy. Dude, bro. So in the next part of the film, uh, <laughs> Jesse um, Jesse goes to sleep, and oh he meets up with Freddy, and Freddy is basically <laughs> like, "Jesse, I want to be a part of you. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the brain, and you're gonna be my body." And right You've away, you've got you're the like, body, and I've got the brain, and he pulls, pulls the skull cap. Yeah. yeah, and right away, you're I like, "I want to be inside of you, Jesse." I'm like, "Let me get inside." You know, of you. and. I don't want to give away too much on that documentary uh, that we talked about because I highly recommend people check that documentary. It is a solid piece on this movie. Um, but that uh, that scene, apparently Robert Englund wanted to kind of, you know, push the boundaries and stuff and wanted to actually put one of the blades in Jesse's mouth. And uh, he Jesse, like, Mark Patton was just like, you know, this is my first role I'm not going to argue with really what anybody's kind of saying because I'm just kind of starting out. And he was like, yeah, sure. And then I don't know if it was the director or one of his friends or his agent or someone pulled him aside and said, do not let him do that. It would be career suicide. Patty also called Jesse a dumb blonde at this point. I just want to lighten things up with that. (laughs) She's watching Um, with me. Yeah. So and and also like at this point, I also wrote down that the the fact that the writer denied or the director of this movie denied that he that he knew he was making a homoerotic movie is oh, complete come bullshit. Come on, yeah, that yeah. is it is horseshit. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, okay. So the director, uh, what's his name, John Shoulder or whatever? Mm. Have any? I mean, I know you guys are huge fans of Alone in the Dark, but have you seen 1982's Alone in the Dark, which was the movie he made before this? No. Okay, it stars Jack Palance, Martin Landau, Sold. Donald Pleasance. Oh my! Uh, and they're insane people in an insane asylum, and they have like basically I don't know Google locks or whatever on all the doors. <laughs> and then the insane asylum gets like hit by lightning, so all the crazies go out into a, a you know Midwest town or whatever and start creating havoc. And J- it's Jack Palance, Donald Pleasance, and Martin Landau and others. 
uh, I highly recommend it. Okay. It sounds like a pretty great movie. I ain't but gonna still, yeah. also still, he's full of horseshit. <laughs> um, so, and and so Jesse Jesse goes to class. It's always been a good class of mine. Um, <laughs> and well, one thing I know, he almost falls asleep, and they have like a little fake out where you think he's gonna go into like the dream or whatever. Um, and the teacher, <laughs> the teacher pulls a heart out from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just flops it on out of desk. nowhere actually kind of like an rko yeah the little yep. drawer in his desk he looks down, yeah. he pulls it but it, but it's just like it, was it just sitting there like raw heart like how long well, yeah, it's he's a showman it's biology class I, i'm sure there was like a newspaper lining it so it wouldn't stain the wood come on man i don't know i, I, uh, just, I just laughed really hard at the at the way that shot was done because he literally just put his arm underneath the desk and real quick i went Flop. I'm, I'm sorry. Th- this was not even the the most baffling thing about this scene, because it's very reminiscent of the um, uh, the English class scene from the first one, um, where Nancy falls asleep. Uh, so you think, oh, okay, Jesse's gonna fall asleep, and you see a boa constrictor, uh, or is it a python? I'm not sure. It's a snake. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a snake guy. My anaconda. <laughs> Well, it must have been a python because Jesse's got no buns, hon. Um, so it's it, the snake is crawling up around him and stuff. And I'm like, okay, so this is part of the dream. And it's not. It's really happening. Mm. Nobody stopped this. The nope. snake managed to get up Jesse over his shoulder. It, there's somebody sitting next to him. Yeah. Nobody noticed. And, and, nobody and said anything. All around him, and it's implied like his uh, his buddy or the Brady. guy. Well, I guess the guy he got in a fight with or whatever is the one that like did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no one saw it. Or, that's shit, the thing. Is he Freddy? No, that that's the thing too. Because they <laughs> yeah they imply that someone did it to him, uh, namely Grady. But like, the teacher is looking at everyone. So how yeah. does he come up and be like, oh, you can't take the snake out of its cage? Why would you do that? Why would he? Why would someone Why would put, he? make the yeah. snake, put it on themselves, and then go, ah! And then scream like a girl. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's the only scene in this movie that makes no sense. Yep, yeah, the, the only, only one. one. Yeah. Yep. The, the only one currently at that time. Yes, the only one currently that we're talking about right now. <laughs> but, guys, this does... Go- I mentioned my favorite line earlier, but this goes into my favorite scene in the movie is when Jesse goes back home and he they're telling me like you got to clean your room buddy you got to clean your room and he does this whole like dance sequence oh my god i love this <laughs> oh, so yeah. much so good so good and it's it's funny because like i'm i'm watching it and i'm not going to lie like when i first saw this movie again i was you know i was 7 maybe well, actually no i was probably 8 cuz i saw nightmare on elm street on video and i saw this on video so i would have been about 8 None of this stuff, all the, the, the innuendo, all the sex stuff just flew right over my head. Yeah. Um, so I, even then I was like, he, I, you know, he just, he just likes pop music. Um, <laughs> you know? He likes Elton John and Freddie Mercury. What's wrong with that? What's wrong yeah. with that? Nothing wrong with that at all. But so. I, what I think is funny is when he's doing this dance sequence um, and, uh, and then the girl, I guess, uh, what's her name again? That he's like. It's Lisa. Like Lisa, okay. Lisa. Oh, Lisa. Lisa. When yeah, when yeah. his mom brings Lisa in the room to like interrupt, the way he like stops and like takes off his like fancy glasses and everything, that was like in in any other movie, that's like him being like, "Oh, guys, I have to, I have a confession for you guys." <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like a coming out scene in any other movie. In this movie, he's just like, "Oh, I was just dancing," <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we know." <laughs> 
Well, they, I think they kind of, um, I don't know if it's explain it away or make it okay or whatever, because when she opens the door, that's when the, the comes off the uh, thing that he was grinding his crotch with. Right. <laughs> He's yeah. holding that thing by his dick and like swinging it around. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Guys, if you I, my watch, only note here is like no fluidity allowed. <laughs> Listeners, if you watch any part of this movie, please watch the dance scene. Oh, so good! It's well, it it, it it's the most um um. Energetic. I guess it's the one everybody kind of associates with this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um. And it, because if you again the the, the documentary, they, this scene has gotten so many disgusting, hateful, homophobic comments um, that I think they they either take it down or they've they've disabled the comments on on the actual video itself. People on the internet um, are horrible. What? Right. And you know what? The again, like I said, you guys said earlier, you call bullshit. Where they, the, the director and the writer said that, oh, we weren't making a homoerotic movie. Mm. You know what? When you have the set designer putting a, a game called Probe in the closet. Oh yeah, Probe. Come on, right? And, and he's got posters of Limal up on the wall. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's pretty... was never it was never ending story even out yet. I mean. <laughs> I, I think at that point, either way, uh, he was in Kajagoogoo before that, wasn't he? <laughs> Never Ending Story oh, was yeah, that's right. Never yeah. Ending Story was like the year before this, I think. Yeah. Damn it. Um. So, so after this dance sequence, Lisa's in in the room with them, and they find Nancy's old diary. Which now I don't remember if she ever wrote a diary in the first movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that well, was that's a because thing. It's secret, Brendan. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we don't see any secrets in movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was, I mean, I, I'm like, whatever, it's fine. But I, I just thought it was funny that they kind of introduced that where I don't think that was ever talked about before. Guys, and I'm not going to lie, when uh, when they pulled out the, the uh, diary and started reading for it, I started thinking to myself, you know, we need a Freddy Krueger prequel that mixes in with the diary of Anne Frank. Oh, <laughs> That would make for an interesting movie. Oh my <laughs> God. Too soon, Steve, too soon. <laughs> no, too soon, okay. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I just want, in my defense of my Anne Frank story, Kruger is a German name. Could have been, been an ancestor oh of someone God. in concentration camp. Steve. Just throwing it out there. Steve. I'm just saying. Steve. Just saying. In, your, work, defense, guys. This, in yep. your defense, this was 1985. I wouldn't be surprised if the movie got greenlit. Right? Okay. Just saying. It could, so, happen. It could still happen. Iron Sky 4. So, so Jesse... Um, Oh, it goes into another dream where he uh, apparently it looks like he has his hand in Tarman's skull from uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny because of Clue Gulliger's involvement. I'm like, oh, my God, that's how we got the idea. I was I was pretty upset about the uh, the melted record. I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. I wrote down Salvador Dali is apparently invading his dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting. Oh, him don't to worry. Show it was just the greatest hits of Paula Abdul. It was no loss. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and yeah, I don't. I'm, okay, I don't understand because like this is and Freddie again <laughs> says to Jesse like I need you to kill for me and like is he saying like like does he not have any powers left because of the first movie and that's just again that's it too. It's like you know is because I know in. Um, uh, Freddy versus Jason. 
he has to use um, the fear of him uh, to get his powers back because uh, they're feeding kids, uh, you know, sleep drugs to help them sleep so they don't dream. And so he has to kind of generate fear and get his name back out. Because apparently being a, a supernatural serial killer is really, it's all about your profile. Well, I mean, just I mean, ask Candyman. Right? If you're not on the socials, where are you? Yeah. Right? So Don't at me, Fred. Exactly. Guys, I, I think I have an answer for this. Uh, smash cut to him walking to a gay bar. Woo! Yes. In the rain with no shoes on. Yeah, in the rain. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> this thing took this thing took more of a hard left turn than any of uh, our episodes with you guys uh, featured. <laughs> So. And Frank references aside, um, right. I agree. Uh, yeah, so he does go. Yeah, he goes to the bar. Like his shirt's open and everything. Like he's ready to. He's ready to party uh, when Jesse walks in. And of course, who does he run into? Marshall freaking Bell, his coach. Yep. Yeah, wearing leather. And and I, I Stop, and, and he he brew blocks him. Yeah, the guy just wants yeah. a drink. But okay. Also, why did the bartender give him a rock glass for a beer? Well, maybe he maybe he said, you know what, you're not old enough to drink, but I'll yeah, I'll do you solid. Because <laughs> he knew he was 16, but you know it's like it's one of those things like, oh, you're 16, you're going through some things. You know what? Here, have a have a half a beer. Uh, I don't I don't I don't have like 10 ounce glasses it's, other it's than whiskey. Twigs here. half off night. So uh, twigs so twigs half off night. Very good. And then he, the coach, basically like kidnaps him, right? Yeah. Yes, because he takes him to the school and makes him do like laps, and then tells him to get in the shower. And I'm like, I hope Freddy Krueger shows up at this point. Like, this yeah. is going to end badly. Freddy, you need to save him. Well, I mean, if we're if we're talking about the the original idea of Freddy Krueger, this could have ended up being a tag team scene. I'm not gonna <laughs> gonna tell you. Oh, right, right, right. Because yeah. yeah, they they, they, it back they for the reboot. Yeah, um, yeah, New Line Cinema. Was like, okay, Wes, we're okay with this. We're going to need to tone down this whole thing with Freddy. Can we just make him a child killer? Well, I mean, the, the, the way they brought it back was they were like, well, Jackie Earl Haley, you played one before, so you cool with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, God damn it. <laughs> but the twist is you're innocent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> until you're not. He's like, until, he's yeah. like Chris D'Elia without the real stuff. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> No, Wes, Wes, uh, one other thing. Uh, this whole thing about being set in 1940s Germany. Can we can we make, just make it modern time? We just don't have the budget for it. Oh, now you're just making stuff up. <laughs> also, like, why does it take place in upstairs, like, the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Jesse is, uh, yeah, kidnapped by the fucking coach, basically. And, you know, it's like, okay, he's potentially, he's just trying to kidnap him, make him run laps, and, uh, I guess, rape him or attempt to rape him. Um, or just ogle, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I'll say this: for a high school football coach, he sucks at dodgeball. <laughs> oh yeah, because he he goes the coach, and he has no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's like a Marshall Bell problem. I think that's a director problem because uh, all the shots of like him looking towards the wall where all these like all these like balls and and well balls are flying at his face people come on all these balls are like flying out at his face and stuff and all the shots where he's looking he doesn't really look that upset about it. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like uh damn it now i'm gonna have to have this dripping wet nubile kid get in here and clean him up <laughs> 
Oh man, but he. I is... don't know. What, I don't know what the most upsetting part about that sentence was. <laughs> There's so well, many the fact options. That it's on the script right here. Anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but the coach is. Uh, yeah, he's hit with all these things, and then he's put pressed up against the wall, completely naked, and towel whipped. <laughs> And then Freddy Krueger just comes in and, and I guess gives him a back scratch and that's the end of that. <laughs> back scratch fever. I, I mean, I do understand that he cut him up and everything, but like he literally just scratches his back and then the coach is like, ugh. That's uh, because he came, Brendan. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Oh. But yeah, the coach is dead. And I think I think um, a lot of people did also we, point to that did scene. Did we? I'm sorry. The, I, I hate uh, to do this. Hold, hold on. I just, run... say, I just want to say one Go thing. Um, I think people point to that scene also as being like the biggest like homoerotic moment in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Did we yeah. run past the part where uh, Clue Gallagher is attacked by uh, an exploding no. bird? No, we did not. Nope. We did really? not. Trust me, we I, did not. I must have watched a different... My, my version, I don't know if I watched a different version, because my notes for the... The, uh, shh, the birds are sleeping. Nope, this is right This is right after this. Um, oh, you know what? It's weird, because I have my bombardment, um, the cops <laughs> bringing Jesse home, all that stuff. All I have all that stuff happening after uh, the bird scene. Huh? Is this a Showgirls 2 type situation? Oh, no, not again. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Nathan, Nathan, tell us about the bird scene. Well, uh, okay, so. This is, I don't know if you guys know, but this is one of Freddy Krueger's powers. He did They didn't get to explore it a lot in the first film. <laughs> oh, my but, God. But uh, here they really get to flesh it out. Go ahead. So one of the underlying things that's happening uh, in the movie throughout is that they can't figure out why it's so bloody hot in the house. Like, it's just, it's just Jesse's constantly sweating in his sleep and it actually kind of goes out throughout the house and uh, the the mother uh, she has a, a pair of lovebirds and in this scene we see her putting them to sleep by putting the um, I don't know the the blanket or whatever it is over the cage so they think it's blackout night. drape yeah there you go and um, it's called the cage cover but okay whatever okay <laughs> that's all it's called cage cover do you think Nicholas Cage calls his blankets that? No, he calls his condoms that. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I, no, see, I thought that was a cage cage. Because it keeps it cage. Um, keeps so, cage caged. Right. You got to keep the cage cage. Oh, my God. I'm not. No. No. The, no. Keep, We're gonna keep moving on. Uh, birds in the cage cover. So the 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 the, the birds. Um, Start going kind of nuts. Oh, this is only after everybody has said, God, it's hot in here. Man, it's hot in here. It's so hot in here. It's like three times they say it in the one, in the one scene. Um, and It's 98 degrees in here. <laughs> and then the, the, the sister, Jesse's sister, goes, Shh, the birds are sleeping. And one of the more unsettling deliveries in this movie. Um, so wait, 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 you got to do it right. Shh. The birds are sleeping. You, thank you. Um, so they're trying to figure out what's going on. Jesse takes the uh, the cage cover off. And no, no, no. First, the cage just starts rattling. Right. Just start, and because so they they're making a bit of a ruckus. And Jesse's like, whoa, what's up with the birds? And he takes the, you know, the, uh, the cage cover off. And one of the birds has killed uh, the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, they, they open the cage. Um, and the yeah. bird gets what? out and attacks Clue Gulliger. 
By the way, least terrifying animal attack in the history of animal attacks. Well, oh no, there's a lovebird coming at me. Well, it what? weighs four ounces. Izzy, I'm with you until the bird fucking explodes. Explodes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the Just best part, the, the best part of the after the spontaneous combustion of this poor lovebird, um, Jesse's dad is like. You set this whole thing up, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, what? <laughs> Where's your proof, old man? And then he's like, I'm going to make sure there's no gas leak. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he put a cherry bomb in the bird, and it's like, hold on, hold on. So let me get this straight. In Dad's mind, Jesse's mad. He had to stay home and clean his room, but his parents let a cute girl come over, be alone in his room with him, and help him clean up, where he discovered something cool, and is now has a closer bond with this said girl. So he's gonna blow the family bird up with a cherry bomb? <laughs> yeah. Hormones, man. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. Puberty, also, am I right? This bird well, is proof this was shot in California, because it just bursts into flames. That's what burst. causes all the forest fires. Yeah. So this was a gender reveal party for the. <laughs> <laughs> um, stop doing those, everybody! <laughs> stop doing those. Uh, Jesse's dad says that he needs a methadone clinic. Like yeah. the, the the dialogue in this movie and the exchanges are just out of this world. Honest to God, there's so many things uh, to 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 question and hate on this movie that that Jesse's ambiguous sexuality is like so low on the list well so much so that following this scene is when jesse goes to the school and finds out that the coach died because i guess he thought that was just a dream or whatever and mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the kids is like yeah dude you didn't hear hacked him like a kielbasa that sounds like a 55 year old man writing teenager dialogue <laughs> Yes, that's that's exactly I mean, what that let's is. Let's face it, kielbasa is the funniest of the sausages. It's because it's got the yeah the 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 k and the and the s sound in it. So Just to say. But then kielbasa. when Jesse when Jesse goes back to sleep, he finds what used to be Freddy's girls with the, the skip <gasps> rope, but now they're Jesse's girls. Oh my god! And he's so bored with this movie, even he walks out of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, eh, creepy girls with a, j- a jump rope. Uh, it's been done. It's like, eh, yeah. well, so here, here's my here's my nonplussed response. But he does spend a lot of time arguing with his dad about why he bought the murder house. Oh dad, yes, why'd you buy a fucking murder house? Because <laughs> it was cheap. <laughs> I don't see you buying murder houses or any others. Yeah, get a job. Cut your damn hair. <laughs> Dad, it's it. The length isn't that bad. You heard me. Um, and, and then uh, we really start going into more like exposition, exposition st- type stuff here because Lisa at this point is like, Jesse, come with me. I've got a surprise. And I'm like, Oh, we're gonna see your boobs. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, not the case. She takes them as as most boys would be excited uh, when their crush does this. She takes them to an old power plant. Because uh, yeah. she finds out that through the diaries, through Nancy's diaries, that's where Freddie used to work. And she's like, maybe we could find some answers here. And, and the yes. scene goes nowhere because they just like see like a, a closet or whatever, like a big like boudoir type thing. Instantly, I think it's, no, it's it, a locker. It's a flammables cabinet. Yeah. Oh, it's a flammables it's a big metal cabinet? cabinet. Okay. It's a flammables cabinet. But it's like. It's where, like 
you put things that could potentially catch on fire, so it's away from the fire. But it's like it's like they stare at it and then smash cut to Jesse <laughs> with it with Freddy Krueger's claw on standing over no, his they, sister. They open Wait. it. Brendan Yeah, they open it. Yeah, they open there's it. A there's a rat, a rat inside. Nope, Brendan did not see that. What? Brendan, I think you've Brendan. got a poor copy. Uh, no, my copy. I don't know. My copy was pretty good. I, I, I don't. No, I mean, I just feel that like you've got some weird cut or something because, yeah, they open it up. There's a rat in there. Listen. I know that because I was watching the movie with Patty and she nearly had a conniption pick because she, you know, just terrified of rats. But my wife also had a conniption for the exact opposite reason. Okay, full disclosure, I was drinking, so I might have just forgotten. <laughs> Because okay. all I so remember, Brendan was randomly blacking out for about fifteen seconds at a time. I was like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is the BFI movie on right now?" <laughs> Wait, a David Lean film? What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, a closed down factory? That's definitely a BFI movie. <laughs> He's standing over his sister with the Freddy Krueger claw, though, right after this. And almost kills her, and then he's freaking out because he's like, "Why do I want to kill my sister? What's going on?" Did anybody else think he was going to molest his sister yeah. there for a second? Yes, yeah, because yeah. Uh, Brendan it, apparently, uh, in his drunken haze, got a smash cut to Jesse standing over his sister. But we, uh, who they've got a, a a track of him walking into the room, walking up to the sister, I did get and that. Saying, but it was like a smash cut of that scene, though. Like I, I didn't see the rat, is what I mean. Okay, because then he goes, wake up, little girl, in Freddy's voice. And then she wakes up, and it's Jesse standing there with the glove. And he's like, nothing, go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, he, Wake up, little girl, is it morning already? Do I need to get up? Mm. No, no, go back to sleep. Just your weird brother standing shirtless and super sweaty over you. Don't ask about the gardening glove. That's for me. Um, so in school the next day, uh, Grady makes a hilarious joke about throwing his grandmother down a flight of stairs. Yeah. That's why he can't go to the party. Yeah. You can't go to this big party. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, and Jesse's just had it with Grady, tells him to fuck off and Grady's really gross. He's eating food and his mouth is full and he's spitting food everywhere. And I'm like, you can just get out of the scene now. I'm good. I'm good. What was that? Did you notice the 40 year old in the lunch line? No, there was a guy who was honest to God. He was he was forty if he was a day. <laughs> Teachers got to eat too. And guys, this is where we have the most unbelievable scene in this film. Mm-hmm. I can get that there's the spirit of a serial killer who kills kids in their dreams. Sure, I'll I'll buy that. I'll even buy people buying murder houses. That happens every day. There Beep. is no way that in the middle of an argument, a teenage boy leaves his lunch behind. <laughs> oh yeah, his like four milks and five sandwiches. Yep. No, nope. if up if and... he's the kid who buy who who got f- four milks, he is not the kid who leaves that lunch behind. He's the kid who takes it with him. Yeah, no, he's carb loading for softball later. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, he's the one who takes everybody else's lunch with him when he leaves. <laughs> um, but doesn't this this also leads into like kind of our climactic set piece because it's the it's the the nighttime uh, barbecue scene. Right, With and all the that's where we, party. Yeah, where we get to see beer brand beer. Yeah, classic. Yeah. <laughs> Traditional, reliable beer of film and television for 20 years. As seen beer in, brand beer. As seen in Evil Bong on this podcast. Oh my, as seen in like mm. every single movie or show that didn't have a beer sponsor. <laughs> 
I do like the fact that they go out of their way to, to yeah, it's beer brand beer, but you can clearly tell that it's uh, one is like Coors Banquet and the other is Budweiser. <laughs> right. It's always Bud. <laughs> Jesse is freaking out, of course, because, you know, obviously the stuff that's happened so far. And Lisa goes in to, like, help him out, and they start going at it. Yeah. Well, because he's going he's gonna to leave because he's just not that into it. I believe is what he says. Yeah, he's he's just not that into it. Um, and he leaves and imme- immediately climbs on top of his best friend Grady. Yep. <laughs> yeah. By and the I way, I was like, here, here it comes. Here comes the confession scene. This is. It would have been a great twist if, like, he went to Grady's house and his grand. There's like an old woman just like. <laughs> At the bottom of the stairs, just like all contorted and everything. <laughs> she's, got like, she's got like a, like a two arms up in a cast. Like, no, she's heavy as fuck. My little <laughs> bastards upstairs. <laughs> Threw me down the stairs, you know. Excuse me, step. <laughs> <laughs> the unsalted ones make me choke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, he goes. He freaks out and goes to Grady's because when he's like rocking on top of Lisa, he feels like Freddy start to come out. So he's got to get out of there. And he tells Grady, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall asleep, but you stay awake, okay? You don't you dare fall asleep, you. Hey, you stay up all night. I want you to watch me. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, Grady. So, is- so Grady is Jesse's Glenn." Jesse's Glenn. <laughs> 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 I wish I had Jesse's Glenn. Why can't he explode in a bed like Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that, that is not the the fate that befalls poor Grady. I'm glad that's like one of the best. That's like probably one of the best on screen horror movie deaths ever. Mm. Um, I I I, I enjoyed uh, again Grady's room. Um, I will actually have to look up uh, King Cobra uh, later. Because uh, uh, I don't know who that is, and he also had a Limal uh, poster on his door on his uh, wall as well. So mm. he's a big fan of the Neverending Story. He he um he so Jesse's Je- Jesse obviously like Grady just says oh, fuck this this is dumb I'm going to sleep, and all yeah. of a sudden Freddie has taken over Jesse's body and Freddie just bursts out of Jesse's chest. Like yeah, he, he said. like xenomorphs <laughs> him right out like just yeah. Which, which you're watching this and you're like, okay, Jesse's dead, right? Because he's fucking yeah. dead. But no, he and just he, gets up and there's barely, a, there's not even a wound on him. He's just kind of bloody. And I feel yeah. that there should have been, you know, if they, if they, if, yeah, maybe it would have added another 20 minutes uh, to the movie. And I would not have cared if they had, if they could have just shown the fact that every time that this happens to Jesse... He's not actually, that's not actually happening to him. He's dreaming and all the stuff that happens is what Jesse's doing while he's sleepwalking. If we could have just established the first of the movie that Jesse was a sleepwalker, then not, and not the kind that, you know, sucks on life force and has sex with his mom. I was just about to say that. Um, if we could have established that he was a somnambulist, um, (laughs) I feel that this movie could have made a lot more sense and would have been a, just a little bit better for it. Well, it was weird that they did make him really afraid of cats, though. They well, a little bit. <laughs> um, also, apparently, this is um, this is uh, Grady's parents' um, first child uh, because the dad later went on to have uh, to sire one Ferris Bueller. 
<laughs> I did. Did you find it weird? This scene is so weird to me because, like, again, it's not a dream. It's real life. Freddy is in the real world, and he's is approaching. This the real life. <laughs> nope, it's not just fantasy. Just fantasy. Nope. And he's approaching Grady, and he caught in a bloodbath. Sorry, I couldn't help. <laughs> he's approaching Grady. From reality. And he's approaching Grady. <laughs> <laughs> Open your oh eyes, my God. bitch. <laughs> uh, so he's approaching Grady. Reach up to the sky. <laughs> no, okay, I'm done. Are oh, you just yeah? You're not. You guys aren't parodying anything now. You're just singing Reunion Rhapsody. So stop it. And why can't Grady figure out? Uh, and why can't Grady figure out how to get his own door open? Is my question. <laughs> or jump out the window because uh, Jesse does it pretty quickly afterwards. The, the, yeah, the yeah. dad is like struggling with it. The, the mom and dad are like, Grady, what's going on? And he's like, Dad, open the door. And I'm like, you're not in a nightmare. Guys, Just open Freddy's the fucking door. Freddy's locked the door with his telekinesis, and he's between Grady and the window. Come on. <laughs> it's it's an watch a horror movie. I got an interesting you tidbit. Just, you can't just uh, add plot elements from Carrie into this movie. <laughs> Here's an interesting tidbit because this tidbit's interesting. It's an interesting um, tidbit. Right. Grady's dad um, actually from uh, yeah, uh, uh, my little hometown here. That's oh. Right. Yep. Oh. Kevin, um, is it Lyman? Spacey. Is that his name? Oh. Yeah, he's, uh, he, anyway, he's Ferris Bueller's dad. Uh, he's free, he's from, uh, yeah, yeah, St. John. Yeah. Did not know there that. Yep. Yeah. Still alive, too. Apparently, he's here in the city. Right um, now? So, yeah, probably. And you haven't interviewed him? What the fuck? Uh, yeah, what the fuck? Dropping the ball, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> so um so jesse it, like he, like you said he jumps out the window uh, to get away and he finds lisa and basically says like you know i know it was me that killed the coach and killed grady and uh <laughs> and and i will say i just want to give props to mark Patton because he really sells this scene Yes, oh, yeah. like he and uh, she's apparently dumber than a bag of hammers because yeah. she's like disbelieving while he is covered in blood. <laughs> what do you mean? Everything she doesn't even fine. give up. Wait, Grady's dead. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, oh, no, like, nice. like it's it's for for this scene. It almost looks like the director just left him alone, let him like you know go to his strengths as an actor because he's doing it as if he was just in any other movie, and it's it's it, he's pretty good. Like it's sad to see what happened to him because I think he could have had a pretty good career. Yes. And then, um, in the midst of this scene, Freddy starts coming out again, and apparently he like eats people now because he tries to eat like Lisa's leg at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't ever remember him being a cannibal in yeah, any no. of the um, you know I don't know legend or lore of Freddy Krueger. And it also leads to some of the best extras acting I've ever seen. Is Freddy <laughs> comes out and start he like jumps through the glass window, and everybody at the pool party just turns around at the exact same fucking time, and it's the oh. and he vanishes. Yeah, like he he vanishes. Like apparently he can teleport now. Mm-hmm. And I did, like I get everyone's like turning around like oh what was that? But it's like so timed. <laughs> Like, looks like the fakest shit ever. <laughs> um, and this big pool, like barbecue massacre scene, I gotta admit, I enjoyed to some on some level. 
Oh, hell yeah. Like, people are getting, like, sla- like throats cut. Yeah. And, like, there's mad Yeah, there's some legit on. slasher stuff going on here, which is, you know, is I mean, you, you go to see a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, you, you want this by the bucket load. And, and Which is exactly is... why I never watched the series. <laughs> it is nice, too, that this is before Freddy Krueger was, like, the jokester. So he wasn't, like, doing quips every two seconds. Oh, yeah, there wasn't a ton of, like, puns no. and things, yeah. Hardly, yeah. Yeah, before it got good. <laughs> I, do, I do not care. I'm not hey you know what I'm gonna tell you this um I, I part three uh which is where you start to see a lot of that uh kind of pop up uh is absolutely got a huge spot in my heart um and as well as number four because it was well directed by Rennie Harlan but he does he does have that lo- this line that I do actually it made the trailer and I think it's pretty chilling when he's like you are all my children now. Yes. So it's got it, there's there this is the point of the movie where I was like all right I get this. This is exactly like you said. This is this should have been more often in the movie. This should yep. have been like happening a lot more and in people's fucking dreams. Yes. <laughs> Um, or you also, know what I would have I would have taken this happening in the real world if this had actually been the climactic battle scene where Freddy is actually taken from the dream world and plucked into the real world again like Nancy did at the end of the first nightmare movie. Actually having not really remembered a lot of this cuz I saw this once before and I think it was years ago but having not really remembered when I watched the trailer I actually thought that was the case where he was doing the dream stuff up to this point and that mm-hmm. was the moment you know where he got pulled into the real world so having seen this movie I'm like nope it's just a fucking mess <laughs> It is <laughs> absolutely is Um so he basically takes off at some point because he murders a bunch of people and then he just kind of walks out uh and and Lisa is like, I know where they're going, the old power plant. And this is where she discovers that Freddy ha- is a dog lover. He's a real animal lover. Oh, my God, the dogs. With, like, baby's faces? <laughs> baby faces, yes. I am going to argue baby-faced like, dogs are less dangerous than both babies and dogs. <laughs> but ten I'm sorry. Times this was, it, was, uh, it, it was creepier than a PlayStation 3 commercial. I'm not <laughs> Lisa is like continuing to walk through because her thing is like it can't be real it can't be real she gets like these gross like bugs in her leg and she finds that that's not real either again it makes really no sense because this is the real world so I don't know how these powers the exist. she gets to Freddy the more powerful he becomes. Yeah but it's like it's kind of a I don't know it's kind of a betrayal of everything they set up in the first movie. And here's the thing if if this, if there had been, you know, t- something about her not believing in his, you know, dream magic or whatever, it, taking away from his powers, which would have helped with the 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 final fight that we, well, fight, mm. quote unquote, that we get, mm. um, that would have that would have added a nice little bit. But no, she's like, oh, oh, it's not, it's not real. I'm just gonna keep moving on. There's no bugs on my leg. The the one I think. Out of all the nightmare movies I've seen, this is the worst final fight scene. But it's the power the power of love can overcome all. <laughs> Freddy's exactly. heart bleeds I, I for you, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I, I wasn't uh oh what was it? Number Freddy's Dead is pretty Number six. Yeah, it's pretty anticlimactic. Um, as well. well. Yeah, because he's dead already. <laughs> right. <laughs> the 
whole and movie then... they're just talking about how he's dead. Yeah, as the title would imply. Yo, Angelo, <laughs> you hear Freddy that's... died? That's fucking what? crazy. That's crazy. Freddy died. <laughs> kind of one-sided. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how about Jason? Nah, he's not real. But hey, you hear about Freddy? Uh, nah, Jason lives, actually. That's what I heard. <laughs> Jason <laughs> lives. Really? Because I yeah, heard he went... to take Manhattan. That's weird, because I heard he went to hell. I'm nah, just nah, saying. nah. He lives. He got the new blood. There was this whole new chapter. Okay. I heard it was the final chapter. He only did Nah, nah. That's what they want you to believe. That's oh. what they want you to believe. Friggin' new line, I'll tell you. I'm telling you. Paramount. <laughs> Steve, sorry, Steve's just one line. X. X. <laughs> oh, shit. Fast and Furious in space, they run into Jason. Yeah. Oh, shit. The only thing that can save them can is take Freddy. Jason. Yeah, there we go. And That's then it turns twist. out that Vin, uh, Dominic Toretto is Jason's brother. <laughs> oh. And then he has to decide between family and family. <laughs> I thought I lost you at the camp all those years ago. Oh my god, Jason joins the team. And then Freddy takes uh, Paul Walker's place as a uh, banging dog <laughs> sister and running the sandwich shop. Oh my god. Yeah, I got that in half for you. <laughs> Freddy, we need more shredded lettuce. Coming right up. Oh, that's all I do around here is shred lettuce. You know, bitch. So Fred basically. Also out of sliced turkey. <laughs> so, guys. All in all, true love kills Freddy Krueger in this movie. It does. Because yeah, it does. Like, I've had this theory about movie monsters since I was a kid that like, huh, I wonder if most of them would disappear if you just gave them a big hug. And this movie just proved my point. So six-year-old Izzy, you were right. Yeah, Lisa kisses him. And all of a sudden, Jesse just gets out of there. And Freddy is gone. Oh, he has a full Zool moment where he has to break out of the charred yeah. skin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, uh, and, 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 and Patty even noted here, oh, it's like kissing the grossest frog. <laughs> you just have to lean in really close and kiss his tender face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, let's all laugh about the great party. <laughs> Wasn't that a great party? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my god, that yeah. was the best party so, you've thrown. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> the next morning when it, they're like getting on the school bus, everybody's like, yeah, great party last night. And I'm like, mother Fuckers died, People man. died at your house. Why are you still going to school today? Is this real or not? But <laughs> and maybe the, they didn't go to... Maybe they didn't Is die. it just fantasy? Are they oh, no. caught in a bloodbath? No, no. Not again. <laughs> but, and then the movie comes to an end with pretty much the same thing that happened in the first movie. Which is such a horseshit, uh, you know, thing. Like, I, I liked... The way they ended number the first one, where the kids are driving away and the roof pops up and it's Freddy's colors. It's like, oh, okay, so he's still kind of around. He's not. Uh, Nancy didn't vanquish him entirely. And then of course the the mom gets pulled in through the window, yeah. which is still ridiculous. Um, sometimes I turn the movie off before that happens so I can have a good taste in my mouth. Um, <laughs> But this one here, it's like they just they, they drive off in the desert, uh, just like the way the movie opened. And it's like, oh, you know what? Shut up. Just just shut up. I, I also have to note that as a Californian, I'm really, really offended by both the opening and the ending on this. The desert they're driving through there is. Uh, uh, oh, God, what is it? Uh, you were super the, offended, the apparently. Um, Joshua Tree? Joshua Tree. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm a dum-dum. Oh, uh, so Freddy Joshua still Tree. hasn't found what he's looking for. <laughs> well, it's 
It's Joshua Tree, and they've actually had to shut the whole national park down because those trees are like a thousand years old, and people fucking drive over them and kill them. Damn you, so Freddy Krueger! Don't drive through the fucking Joshua Tree National Park, you sons of bitches, or I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah back in 1985. Threat. Because, because you want it to be a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let it burn away. And there's a reason why they actually got lost is because where they were, uh, that's where the streets have no name. <laughs> Touch me. Um, Interesting tidbit. There um, for you. Um, um, Apple free song. Sunday, <laughs> bloody Sunday. Is that how they dismantle a nuclear bomb? <laughs> so anyway, that was. I don't even like you two. I don't know why I know all these woofy songs by that. That was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Stephen oh, Izzy. Oh, the sweetest thing. Steve, Stephen Izzy, as our guests, you are the, you, you both are the sweetest thing. Um, would you uh, would you recommend Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2? Uh, if you're going to watch all of them, go yeah. ahead and watch it. It's not memorable, so like it's not going to take up any space <laughs> in your brain. You'll forget it by the time you start number four, guaranteed. Yeah, you know what? If you are just locked down in quarantine and have run out of things to watch, first off, you're not trying hard enough, but second <laughs> off, go ahead and watch this movie. This will burn two hours. You know what? I say watch it because then Marshall Bell gets another nickel <gasps> yes! on his royalty check, and that man is a goddamn treasure. Give Marshall Bell that money. I also just want to say... It, by the way, Izzy, like you said, people running out of things to watch during quarantine. Fuck you if you think that. Yeah, like, you right. Will not run out ever. No, no, we can stop making content so, right I, now. I still have yet to even scratch the surface yeah. of things to watch. Exactly. Nathan, would you recommend this film? Um. Okay, I would recommend people watching it uh, and hating it for the right reasons. I'm not on board with the, a lot of the flack this movie gets, and uh, simply because if the director and the writer had had any scrote at the time, they would have been like, yeah, this is, uh, he's a gay hero. This movie deals with the ambiguity of uh, teenage sexuality and what an actual snake pit it is. Because, you know what? Teenagers have a hard time with it beginning. There are people out there who never figure out what's totally going on with them, and that's perfectly fine. If they had had the guts, this movie could have been a landmark in greatness, and unfortunately now it's just uh, it's got a cult following for what it could have been. Um, so I would say, I would say, no, not really. There's two scenes that I like. Um, Freddy's going nuts at the pool and the scene, the dance scene, <laughs> not, and, and I mean, the only genuinely great scene I think is the Freddy scene at the pool. Um, I, I feel like the story behind this is very sad and the documentary is great. So I would recommend the documentary, but yeah, this, this movie's not, this movie's not good. All right, well, that was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, and now we... Freddy's Revenge. Before we take a break, actually, I do want to read one more thing, because this is a little upsetting, but this is actually a quote from the writer, David Chaskin. Um, he was interviewed and asked about if Oh, and he, his bullshit? Yeah. He was interviewed yeah, okay. and asked if he intended this movie to be homoerotic. This was his answer. Yes, the, yes, there was certainly some intentional subtext, but it was intended to play homophobic rather than homoerotic. I thought about the demographics for these types of films, young heterosexual males, and tried to imagine what kinds of things would truly frighten them to their core. And scary dreams that make them even momentarily question their own sexuality seemed like a slam dunk to me. 
One might argue that the entire movie is a metaphor. Jesse is, in the end, finally able to control the monster inside him, a.k.a. his latent homosexuality, with the love of a good woman. (laughs) Maybe they should show the film at one of those evangelical deprogramming sessions where they try to fix gay people into regular Americans. That is from the screenwriter of the film. Oh, now I just want to like fucking Chaskin. I want to crack every bone in my body right now, just to. Oh, hey, just to give you a teaser for that documentary, Steve. Mark Patton confronts this guy at some point. So yeah, nice. Does. Yeah, um, but we are going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? And we're back. Yes, we are back. And- Woo! Yeah, we're back! <gasps> oh, 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 Sorry. Oh, this isn't... This isn't... This isn't... KROK, uh, this is not uh, the drive home with the zoo crew. This is NPR. Please, please, please respect I our, uh, am having our ears. Heart mm-hmm. uh, palpitations. <sighs> is he uh, scared? Scared me. <clears throat> do you need a safe space, Brandon? I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Just a just a just a just a just a just a Okay. 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 I'm good. <laughs> So yeah, it is uh, it is time for the uh, low haiku. Nathan, what mm. is the low haiku? Well, Brennan, the low haiku is 17 perfect syllables to describe the movie uh, we've just been talking about for the last little while. All right, and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, g- ladies and gentlemen, our guests here, uh, would you like to start with your low haiku? No, baby, I got way too much energy for a little haiku. <gasps> oh, yeah, I don't feel that the uh, that the uh, the king flower. Uh, I don't think they would appreciate this sort of. Uh, you know what? Behavior. Maybe I just need to sit the segment out. I just, I really just have too much energy for this little haiku thing. I just, I can't really handle this right now. Maybe you should do it for me, okay? How does that sound? Oh, yeah. Oh, I need some coffee. That'll really help. Okay, oh hold on think... a second. Bye, guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Brandon, we lost. Okay. We just, we just lost more sponsors than Rush Limbaugh. Oh my god. <sighs> um, Steve, do you have a calming haiku? Uh, somewhat. Yes. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Jesse must confess he has something to share now. God bless Marshall Bell. And you can hear a special interview with Marshall Bell over at Everything I Learned from Movies at ageofradio.org slash everything I learned from movies. Son of a bitch. This is brought to you by the Gunt Corporation. Um Nathan, do you have a haiku you'd like to read for us? Yes. <clears throat> it could have been great. Did they do it from the start? 
No real dream kills. Very good, very good. <clears throat> okay. Freddy inside me hurts deep down, but no regrets. Oh, eh, oh, mm, ah. I will snap, but you you are a son of a bitch. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. We're out. Okay, I'm back. I have nothing but regrets. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, oh. NPR me has to recover. Um, we talked about this movie, guys. But NPR you has to go to a cult, like a sensitivity training course. I don't think there was anything wrong with what I said. I didn't say anything was wrong about it, and I said no regrets. So sploosh. <laughs> um, live, your, live your best life, YOLO. Yeah, exactly. Do what you do, Nathan. Guys, we talked about this movie, but Nathan, what do we always say? Well, we always say. What do you think this movie got uh, as a percentage from the uh, critics? How many critics do you think liked this movie? Hmm. I mean, it's going to have the thing of critics hate horror movies in general, but they're going to realize that they sort of missed the boat on the first one and that, like, it was, uh, you know, kind of a cult hit. So that's going to give it some extra points. But the homoerotic overtones are definitely going to turn them off. So I'm going to say 28. 41%. Oh, shit. What do you think the audience score is? Seven. (laughs) 33%. So a third of audiences were like, yeah, this is passable. (laughs) Yeah, this is for me. This movie, for me. (laughs) All right, let's get into the critics. Um, Our first one here, and Izzy, be sure to review these reviews. Izzy, our our first one is from Janet Maslin of the New York Times, and she says, Mr. Patton and Miss Myers make like... No, 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 I'm sorry. Do it in the voice of Janet. Uh, From the Muppets. Oh, sorry. Wow, like like Mr. Patton and Miss Myers make likable teenage heroes, and Mr. England actually turns Freddy into a welcome presence, man. All right, that's an acceptable review. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with everything, but yeah, she she at least watched the movie. Okay, so four peaches out of five. <laughs> uh, okay, so I got Joel Lipset from Bloody Disgusting. Um, I feel this is a is a, is a retroactive review. Freddie is a threat to Jesse's burgeoning queerness. He is a manifestation of Jesse's own internalized homophobia, so when sexual situations arise that might naturally encourage Jesse to consider his unorthodox for the 80s sexuality, Freddy pops out. I mean, again, somebody who actually watched the movie, but I'm not actually sure what their opinion is. I'm going to say uh, my lowest rating ever, seven thumbs up. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was a fresh rating, so apparently Joe Lipset likes it. Uh, hmm. Judging his taste, but at least he watched the movie. <laughs> Steve, what do you got? 
Uh, let's go with this top one here. Uh, it's from Mike Massel of Gone with the Twins. Yeah, uh, sounds yeah. like a porn review <laughs> website. A boob website. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's on here. He's a top reviewer apparently. It says, "Oh my God, does it say see my review for worms?" <laughs> no, not again. <laughs> yeah. uh, the scares are already less effective than before, especially when they're derived from something as goofy as a spontaneous bird combustion or revenge against the gym teacher. Three out of ten. I actually kind of agree with him. I don't like his tone of voice, though. Look, is that not the tone of voice? Oh, it's absolutely. Look at that fucking picture. That is a smug fucker right there. Uh, Based on his picture, he's going to lose some points. He's going to get two out of five stars. (laughs) Tired of his smug fuckery. Um, Go back to Gone with the Twins. So, uh, okay, I'm going to read one more. So, Greg Muskowitz of eFilmCritic.com says. The acting, so as to give it a label, is extremely non-existent. I don't. I don't know, man. I. I, I can't take. A, I. I can't take a whole lot away from the acting in this movie. Like, like you said, um, when given the opportunity, Mark uh, Patton does some fantastic stuff. All the uh, the you know kids, quote unquote, because they're all at least in their thirties maybe mid 20s uh are trying their damnedest Uh, the biggest problem i have with this is that the writing and the actual physics of this movie are a total mess yeah everything behind the camera is what fucks it up honestly yeah um i have kim newman from empire magazine okay Uh, and he writes because kim is also a guy's name uh, possibly the lamest of all the sequels, although five and six later set the bar particularly low. And I am going to say I would probably revile five and six over this one. It's absolutely six. Like Freddy's Dead, I think is the is considerably worse than this movie. Uh, David Keys from Cinephile.org. This ought to be good. Uh, the script is very shallow with blood and gore to satisfy the audience and very little dialogue, which if there had been more would have helped the script develop appropriately. Two and a half out of four. And he doesn't even have a picture. Oh, he doesn't have a picture. Izzy. What do you think? I think he's got something to hide. Goddamn I mean, coward. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get, in, <laughs> let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's get into the audience reviews here. The first one is from Hunter D. And he gives it two stars, and his review simply reads, Give him some Pepto, my dudes. What <laughs> Don't, no idea. No idea who he's referring to in the movie, but, you know. Uh, let's see. Mark C. So, Mark Calloway, obviously. <laughs> yep. The Undertaker. Uh, writes the second on movie. <laughs> the second movie is a big letdown and maybe they should have taken their time with this one instead of releasing it only a year after the first boom that's the 80s baby roasted mm. well it wasn't so much the 80s it was like we gotta cash in on this before you know it flames out before it's completely forgotten to time you know like that Friday the 13th series or uh, prom night uh, Steve, Steve do you have a review uh, possibly by Lindell C Oh, as a matter of fact, it is Lindell C. Uh, he gives us four out of five stars and says, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is like Venom made in 1985. Yes, 1,000%. It, it totally makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Mark Patton and Tom Hardy are basically the same character. 
All right. Um, okay, I've got a big review here, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think it's it's pretty wild. Um, so this is from Kyle E. And he gives... Kylie? Yeah, Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. She Kylie Minogue? She says, how dare you make fun of my movie a few weeks ago? Um, <laughs> now do it with an Australian accent. Hell, hell no, this is too long. Um, she gives it five stars. <laughs> and she said... Yeah, well, he says... It's, it's Kyle, come on. He says... Uh, I am currently not gay, have not ever been, <laughs> and am not anticipating a rush of homosexual fe- feelings in the future. This is important to get out of the way in the beginning, as I believe I don't really have a refined gaydar. With that said, I have never Just... felt so visually raped in my entire life, and I loved every second of it. I don't think that he knows what that means. Time waits for no man, and director Jack Shoulder, director of such classics as The Garden Party... Wastes no time in throwing us headfirst into the action of our young protagonist's dreamscapes. From there, he is jerked awake, and we finally get the first shirtless shot of our sweaty dream hunk, Jesse Walsh. Within five minutes, the audience is treated to a scene of Jesse getting in his first tiff with a classmate. The altercation is less of a fight and more of an awkward tussle in which Jesse conveniently has his pants pulled down halfway, his jockstrap hanging loosely from his chalky buttocks. While these sensual first minutes might tempt one to throw their Samsung DVD player through their third story window, it, that's a weird plug, it is important yeah. that the viewer keep the faith. If so, they will be treated not only to a wide variety of sexually charged moments between men, but also dialogue that leaps right off the page and forces its way into your ear holes. Almost all of it involving things being shoved up someone's butt or getting their rocks off. Also, they could witness one of the most frightening scenes to ever involve a demented parakeet. That's a lovebird. The cherry on top of his, this homoerotic Sunday is a scene involving balls of all shapes and sizes being rocketed at a man's face moments before he is stripped and whipped. While I'm not surprised Mark Patton did not have a successful career post-Freddy, I truly wonder what he is doing now. This person's not seen the documentary, clearly. I assume it has something to do with adult entertainment, as everything Jesse does in in this film oozes with sexuality. His screams have a subtle tinge of eroticism, and even the shots of him having a nightmare come off as a mildly abusive wet dream. Unfortunately, I am only scratching the big gay surface. Five stars. Babe, how would you rate that? Mm, I mean... This person knows who they are. Like, how hard are you right now, Izzy? I mean, I tuck, so I'm trying really hard to not be uh, be hard. I but... noticed the camera just like moved a little bit when I was reading. Mm-hmm. That. <laughs> I just crossed my legs, so you know, got to keep that tuck tight. Uh... <laughs> ten out of ten. Whew! You know what? Uh, you're gonna have to come back to me, man. I gotta think this one over. I've got one from Nick S., so I assume it's Nick Swartzen. I hope so. Uh, he writes, It's the original film, but with its razor fingers removed. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can picture that in my head. <laughs> he painted me a, uh, a word picture there. Yeah. Voice. Uh, I got one from uh, Tyler B. Uh, Tyler Bravo? I don't know. Tyler Bate? Taylor yeah. Butthole. Hey, there we go. Former UK WWE NXT champion. There you go. Oh, everyone knows that guy Tyler or girl. Okay. Steve, don't pretend uh, you don't watch wrestling. I know what you do. 
Yeah, very mm. specifically UK NXT. Tyler Bate. Tyler, Tyler Bate. Whatever. He, Tyler he, Bate. he wrestles Tyler, the Tyler style Bate. for yeah. sure. From the top rope. That's a wet ass pussy. All right. <laughs> so Tyler B says, this is said to be the gayest horror film of all time. And I see it. All from the dancing to the man butt. Still, this film is competent compared to the other sequels. Great C. <laughs> Great C. Oh, fantastic. All right, I've got one more here. Um, God, I don't know what's going on here in this, in this quick review here. Um, I don't know. I also don't know who wrote this because I clearly ju- I just wrote down who fucking knows. Um, but they says they they says they says to Mabel they says, um, <laughs> uh, what else? This is here the magician. I mix all of the first movie five stars. <laughs> okay, I mix all, all right. of the first. Got a review here from uh, Max P. Uh, uh-huh. So obviously former WCW wrestler Max Payne oh. or uh, video game. Uh, character Max Payne or Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg playing (laughs) Max Payne a fun underrated movie but the story is kind of boring still I little Jesse and his scream (laughs) I think they mean they like because it's L-I-L-L L-E Jesse and his scream still I little Jesse and his scream because they the question marks at the end. It sounds so like to, it sounds like that way of talking where people are like, "But I really liked it." Yes, that's <laughs> exactly. Yes, it sounds like an idiot wrote it. <laughs> and I we was need like, more bangs." <laughs> and I was like, "What are you doing here? What are you doing?" Hey, they're from Utah now. That's <laughs> California's forever in their blood. I'm not. I'm not letting them get away from it. Uh, Steve, do you have any more to send us home? Uh, got one here from, uh, Samuel M. Um, yeah, I don't know any Sam M. It's actually (laughs) actress Samantha Mathis under an alias pretending to be... There you go. There you go. Samuel Monkeybone. Uh, this movie is the gayest horror film I've ever seen, which isn't exactly a negative, but also does little to serve the film. It's not wearing its queerness on its sleeve. The protagonist does have a... (laughs) Female love interest, but definitely has enough. I, I was going to talk about a female scream, uh, but definitely has enough subtext for a person with half a brain to pick up on. Maybe if it doesn't change the fundamental rules of the first film, it will be remembered in better regards. Good point. I love. Sorry, I am forever. I'm never going to forget that phrase. Where's its queerness on its sleeve? On its sleeve, yeah. <laughs> you know, like a badge. A <laughs> badge of honor. It's an honor, sir. I wear my queerness on my sleeve, sir. Okay, so now we're going to give a little hint ski for next week. Uh, next week, so I will uh, I'll give that hint right now. No. Yas, queen, damn! So, Steve and Izzy, thank you for joining us once again. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And Nathan is Montrose there to say a few words, especially with our guests here. Yes, no, he's here. I will get him just one moment and just I bring him in. Come over here. Hello! It's your good friend Montrose Mankington III here. Uh, and uh, thankfully this is a podcast, or otherwise you would see that I am nude. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just would like to invite you all to, to check out my, my YouTube channel, Montrose Mankington TV. Uh, you can also uh, be friends with me on Facebook. 
uh, at the group Montrose Monkey the Third Esquire and Friends. And finally, uh, you you can tweet at me uh, with your with your thumbs on your Twitter machines uh, at Montrose the Third. That's the number three uh, D. Izzy, Steve, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Likewise, Montrose. More later. Is this all mine? I'm sure hello, it was. Hello, was that a Montrose on no, me about ben, that? Are you there? ben, I'm so happy to see you now. Uh, oh, you know, I love your blogger, so you're going to ship trip on the Barbie. I thought you were British. That's oh, I'm from all around. <laughs> you, certainly, you certainly do. You certainly do get around. Hello, Montrose. Fact, I, it's me, your missus. <laughs> uh, you, you, no, 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 no. Those, those papers were signed. Oh, it's me. Sally, no. Sally no. no, 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 no. The, 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 the papers were signed. Leave me alone. Maybe, uh, crazy maybe stalker Ben can take it for a little point, eh? Oh, oh who's your friend, Montrose? Oh, you, you want to know my friend? Well, uh, Sally, this is my cousin Ben. Um, as you can see, he's rather handsome, not, not unlike myself. So yeah, feel free. You, I think you two will hit it off uh, quite considerably. Oh, this way, like. Uh, oh, Ben, uh, come with me. I want you to make a woman out of me. Uh, you're gonna need a few pints on you, in you there, Ben. I'm, uh, uh, I'm gonna need to see some ID on that one. Uh, well, I was, uh, I was married uh, to her, so yeah. Uh, uh, thank you. More yeah, later. Yeah, Steve, why are there all these fucking monkeys in my living room? I have no idea. It's because oh we're all British and delightful, Izzy. Oh my God, that one thinks these people. Get them out. Get them all out. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I am, no, I am a chimpanzee. No, no monkeys think they're people in this house. Out. He thinks he's like Kira right, well, or something. Thank you. Out. More later. I'm leaving. Stop grabbing me there. Well, thank you, Montrose okay. and uh, and Co. Um, for, that, for that wonderful announcement. And now, for the plugging of our show. You can find us on all the podcatchers. We're on ageofradio.org. I'm not sure at the time of this recording if we're on the main website yet, uh, but you can also find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Um, you can uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, WWTT Podcast. Same thing on Instagram. Search for us on Facebook. We're on there as well. Uh, Stephen Izzy, where can they find your uh, wonderful podcast? You can't. Oh, okay. can't be found. No, nope, lies, lies. <laughs> uh, we're over on Age of Radio now, too. Uh, or really any podcatcher. Uh, everything I learned from movies. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EILF Movies. Again, that's everything I learned from movies. Uh, we're currently celebrating October. Yeah! Yes, bear, bear Horror Movie Month. It's all October. Yeah. So you guys are just covering Grizzly for four weeks straight? No, we've already done Grizzly. There's at least five others that we're doing. Hopefully six, if one will finally be released by the producer. Uh, <laughs> I know what one you're Grizzly talking thing. about. Yes, Grizzly to the concert. Make it happen, people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, babe, are you on social media at all? I am. You can find me just about anywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Uh, yeah, I make art, I sell it, I have all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, if these two podcast hosts want to get a hold of me, we might even be able to figure out some sort of promo code where the listeners can save some money in my shop and the hosts could, like, earn a little something at no extra cost to the, the buyers. Oh, and aren't you running some sort of Kickstarter with some awesome enamel pins? I totally am. Do you like snacks and dinosaurs? I'm making Snackosaurus uh, enamel pins. The Kickstarter's going right now. It's the Snackosaurus, guys. I got 
all the links on all my social media, just about everywhere at Untidy Venus. Uh, we're already funded. We're already making them. The more money we get, the more Snackosaurus we'll make. That's right. And the more you get. So head on over to kickstarter.com and look up, I guess, Snackosaurus enamel pins? Yeah. Or Untidy Venus? Uh, Izzy Fisher. Oh, Izzy Fisher. Never mind. F-I-S-C-H-E-R. There you go. Like and also, uh, we have another spinoff podcast calling at Chimprov. That's C H I M P R O V. Do not, talking... d- do not tempt me. Do not tempt me. <laughs> By the way, if that happens, I'm a hundred percent in. <laughs> do, you, do you like horrible British accents? How about monkeys? Guess what? Chimprov. Who doesn't? <laughs> Did you Join our new podcast, Chimprov. Steve, Steve, if you run that podcast. <laughs> 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 So, so Nathan, guys, mm-hmm. again, thank you uh, for joining us. I, I do well, have. Thank you, Brandon. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Um, I do have some questions about this uh, film. Oh well, you know, hit me up, man. I am, uh, I am a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I don't know, aficionado, but enthusiast for sure. Well, I mean, in a movie in which they kind of just ignore everything that kind of made the first movie good. Yes. Um, and in a movie where, I mean, they even changed the basic character logic of Freddy Krueger. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. In a movie in which a lot of the unfounded criticism was on the homoerotic aspect of the film at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And in a movie, in this stupid movie, which ruined someone's life. There's <sighs> so many prepositions with this question. It... it Steve, is this your first time on the show? (laughs) (laughs) And in a movie in which... Ah, fuck you, Steve. That's what I I had to say. In a movie in which, fuck you, Steve, um, I just, I have to know. (laughs) Go ahead. What were they thinking? Hold on, we got a cat. Hey, Cameron! Oh, you fucking cunts! Leave that in. (laughs) That's going at the end. That's going at the end.